Good morning, and welcome to Simply Sports. It's Thursday, February 22nd. On today's show, LeBron sits out against the Warriors to rest his ankle, and LSU stuns number 17 UK in a one-point win. Plus, we'll analyze the Inner Miami CF 2-0 Real Salt Lake game from February 21st, 2024. This coverage and more, up next. I'm David, and you're listening to Simply Sports. We start off with some news from the sports world. LeBron James, the Lakers' star player, has been ruled out for Thursday's game against Golden State due to an ongoing left ankle injury. This news comes after James hinted at potentially missing the Warriors game during Sunday's All-Star game, where he mentioned using the break to get additional treatment for perineal tendinopathy. Here to discuss this further is Abby, a correspondent for Simply Sports. Can you tell us more about this injury and its implications? Yes, David. LeBron James has been dealing with this ankle injury for a while now. He hasn't specified the nature of the treatment he's receiving, but it's clear that he's taking steps to manage the condition. His status for the upcoming games against the San Antonio Spurs and the Phoenix Suns is still uncertain. It's worth noting that James has previously missed one game of back-to-back sets three times this season to manage the ankle. So how significant is this for the Lakers and their performance in the upcoming games? It's definitely a blow for the Lakers. James is a key player, and his absence could affect the team's performance. However, it's not believed that he will miss an extended period. The hope is that the treatment will enable him to finish the season stronger. It's also worth remembering that James had an impressive performance against the Warriors last month with 36 points, 20 rebounds, and 12 assists in a double overtime game. And how does this affect the Lakers' standing in the league? The Lakers and Warriors are currently tied in the loss column coming out of the All-Star break with three meetings left during the regular season. James's absence could potentially tip the balance. However, it's still too early to predict the overall impact on the Lakers' season. We'll certainly be keeping an eye on this. Thanks, Abby. Now, let's switch gears to college basketball, where LSU's Tyrell Ward led his team to a second straight comeback victory over a ranked team, this time against number 17 Kentucky. The game ended with a 75-74 victory for LSU, thanks to Ward's last-second shot. Bella, our correspondent for Simply Sports, is here to discuss the game. Can you walk us through the final moments of the game? Absolutely, David. The game was a nail-biter right till the end. The Wildcats were on the verge of a dramatic last-minute comeback when Adu Tiero blocked Jordan Wright's shot in the final seconds. However, Wright managed to push the ball back up in front of the rim, where Ward leaped to grab the ball and quickly released his decisive shot before he came down. That sounds like an intense finish. What was the reaction from Kentucky's coach, John Calipari? Calipari was understandably disappointed. He lamented that his team's inability to secure a number of loose balls cost them the game. He questioned why his players didn't dive on the floor to grab the ball after Tiro's block, stating that it would have won them the game. And how did the LSU fans react to the victory? The fans were ecstatic. They poured onto the floor, celebrating with the players. Women's basketball star Angel Reese was seen hopping joyously next to Ward. However, 
Ward later said he didn't realize she was there as he had blacked out as soon as the shot went in. Quite a moment for LSU. How significant is this victory for them? This victory is a big deal for LSU. They erased a 15-point second-half deficit against Kentucky, just one game after overcoming a 16-point second-half deficit in a victory against then-number 11 South Carolina. According to ESPN Stats and Information Research, LSU is the first team in SEC history to win consecutive games by exactly one point and against AP-ranked teams. Impressive indeed. What does this mean for Kentucky's season? Kentucky has now lost five of its past nine games. Despite Antonio Reeves scoring 25 points and Rob Dillingham scoring 22 of his 24 points in the second half, the Wildcats couldn't pull off a win. They'll need to regroup and refocus for the remainder of the season. Thanks for the insights, Bella. Now, let's move from the court to the field, where Inter-Miami kicked off the Major League Soccer season with a 2-0 victory over Real Salt Lake, thanks in large part to Lionel Messi's contributions. Messi, who was in mid-season form, helped set up both goals. Michael, our correspondent for Simply Sports, is here to discuss the match. Can you tell us more about Messi's performance? Absolutely, David. Messi was instrumental in Miami's victory, darting through and around defenders and setting up both goals. He nearly scored from a free kick and a corner kick in the first half, much to the delight of the sellout crowd. His performance was reminiscent of his prime days, showing that age hasn't slowed him down. Messi's move to Inter Miami last year certainly caused a stir. How has his presence impacted the team and the league? Messi's arrival has had a significant impact. He scored 11 goals in 14 matches last season, leading Inter Miami to a League's Cup championship, their first ever trophy. His jersey was the top seller in MLS last year. Despite injuries slowing him down late in the 2023 season, the craze surrounding Messi hasn't faded. His presence has certainly put Inter-Miami and MLS in the global spotlight. What about Inter-Miami's overall performance in the match? Inter-Miami was dominant in the first half, but faced extended pressure from Real Salt Lake in the second. They were perhaps fortunate to still be in the lead when Diego Gomez added the second goal. Despite a less-than-stellar exhibition season, Inter-Miami looked like a contender in this match. And how does this victory set the tone for the rest of the season? It's a promising start, but as Inter-Miami's coach Gerardo Tata Martino pointed out, it's just one game. The club has yet to win a playoff match, having been eliminated right away on both occasions they made it to the playoffs. But with Messi in the team, there's always a sense of anticipation and excitement. Messi's impact extends beyond the field, doesn't it? Indeed, David. Messi's presence in MLS has attracted significant attention both on and off the field. Apple TV released the first episode of Messi's World Cup, The Rise of a Legend, on the same day as the match. The streaming service, which has a 10-year deal worth at least $2.5 billion with MLS, was part of the group that pitched Messi during his process of deciding whether to join the league last year. The first season of Messi in MLS was a tremendous success, with viewership far exceeding expectations. Thanks for those insights, Michael. And speaking of sports, let's shift our focus to college football. There's a buzz about the possibility of a 14-team college football playoff starting in the 2026 season. This idea was discussed at the CFP meetings in Dallas on Wednesday, just months before the first season with a 12-team playoff is set to begin. 
Here to delve into this is Celeste, a correspondent for Simply Sports. Can you tell us more about these discussions? Certainly, David. The idea of a 14-team playoff was indeed discussed, but CFP Executive Director Bill Hancock was tight-lipped about the specifics, stating that there's still work to be done. The CFP Management Committee, which includes the commissioners and incoming Notre Dame Athletic Director Pete Bavacqua, discussed the potential expansion after the current contract ends following the 2025 season. What are the main issues that need to be resolved before this can move forward? Three main issues remain unresolved. Access, distribution of money, and governance. These need to be resolved within the next month. The shift from 12 to 14 teams would primarily address the issue of access. However, officials still need to discuss how a 14-team playoff would split up automatic qualifiers. For instance, could the Big Ten and SEC get as many as four automatic bids? These discussions were initiated on Wednesday, but no definitive conclusions were reached. And how do finances factor into this? Finances are a significant factor. The Big Ten and SEC have made it clear that the next contract will be more financially favorable than the current one, where 80% of the money is split evenly among the Power Five leagues. Now, there are four power conferences, and the Big Ten and SEC have a combined 34 teams. While financial issues weren't deeply explored at Wednesday's meeting, Hancock noted that uh, there was a more detailed conversation than in previous meetings. What about the impact on the regular season and late season games? Big Ten Commissioner Tony Petiti has been pushing for an increase in automatic qualifiers for the CFP. He believes that increasing automatic qualifier spots could ensure that late-season games have higher stakes. He wants fans to feel that even a game in the second week of November, even if a team has already lost two or three games, still has a lot of value. So, how would a 14-team playoff likely play out? A 14-team playoff would likely mean that the highest-ranked conference champions end up with a bye, which would incentivize those league title games. From there, the format would play out like the 12-team playoff that's expected to make its debut this season. Thanks for the update, Celeste. And with that, we wrap up our stories for today. Thanks for listening to Simply Sports. We'll see you back here tomorrow.